What's up, and welcome back to the 4-8 Men Podcast. Our guest today is Andrew East, and I do not think that he needs much of an introduction, so Andrew, welcome to the podcast. It's good to be here, man. Good to be here. Thanks for having me, Christian. Man, it's so good to have you. So typically, I usually list everything about the guests and kind of what they do, but Today, I thought that I would maybe let you share about who you are and, and what all that you, that you do because you do so much. Oh, well, yeah. It's a short list. So I appreciate that. Uh, I'll go quick. I played football at Vanderbilt, then tried my hand at the NFL, bounced around a lot. I think I ended up with eight different teams um, over a five-year period, but ultimately finally played in three NFL games, uh, which was my goal. So I was pretty pumped about that. And now my wife and I, uh, we do podcasts, YouTube videos, and have a blast. So it's good. Well, I love I, I love that you played at Vanderbilt because Chance, my brother, played for two years at Vanderbilt. So I know that we've, we've, we, we've, we've talked about that for a little bit. But not only did you play at Vanderbilt, but you were a long snapper. And I feel like <laughs> being a long snapper is just the coolest thing. So how did you, how did you get into, into long snapping? Man, it's such a random like niche skill. My dad actually played football at Purdue. He was a tight end. And wasn't getting any playing time so he was looking at the roster like how can i how can i get on the field and so he learned how to long snap uh and then when we were growing up playing football he was like you guys got to learn how to long snap because it's how you're going to get the furthest in football and sure enough he was right like i showed up in college and um i just was not big enough or fast enough to really play linebacker which was my other position uh, and definitely by the time i made it to the pros i was not even close to being able to, to play anything other than probably kicker, punter, or long snapper. So I uh, just honed that skill in and, and made it happen. I feel, like, I feel like long snapping, if I think back to like growing up in like my childhood, like when you play football in the front yard, like everybody at some point while you're throwing the football tries to see how long they can long, like how far they can long snap it. Yeah. Like I remember, I remember just like literally having the football and trying to just in the, in the driveway just trying to see how far we can long me and my brother can long snap and who could and who could do it farther who won i think i did <laughs> um, but then again that was when we were like you know 12 yeah. and, and i was two years older so i think i had the the age on him and i think i was probably a little stronger back then but i really wish that i i really wish that i would have thought about pursuing that because like you said that really is such a niche thing and i think that's so cool yeah, it was fun, man. I enjoyed it. I don't really even consider it playing football, to be honest with you. You know, <laughs> as a long snapper, you get maybe eight, nine plays a game. You're barely like doing anything except long snapping. So there's not much tackling. There's not much like, you know, skill outside of just throwing a ball between your legs. But it's definitely yeah. provided me with a ton of experiences that I'm thankful for. Did you have to block while you were long snapping? Yeah. Or do you, or yeah, you do? Sometimes. Did you ever just get just. I'm not dude. my first play in the NFL was against Calais Campbell, who's like six foot seven, three hundred thirty pounds, and runs like a four six forty. So the dude's an animal, and I line up against <laughs> I line up against him, and I'm like, this is not going to end well. But fortunately, I, I was able to hold my ground enough yeah. that it worked out. Yeah. Well, what was like what what was that trans transition going in? You know, from from high school to playing at Vanderbilt, and then from Vanderbilt to playing professional. Like, what was the like, what were those transitions like for you? Dude, it's crazy because when I was a kid, like all the way through high school, all I wanted to do was play college football. That was my goal. And I think it was because my dad played. So I was like, you know, we always had his football helmet laying around the house that we'd put on um, and pretend like we were college athletes. And so that was always my goal. 
and I did everything I could to to try to make the college realm division one specifically. So I'd like email all of the 120 plus uh, D one special teams coaches and like send them my highlight reel, right? Just begging essentially for a spot. And by the time signing day came around, I had zero offers. So uh, I was like a little bit bummed, but then the whole thing ended up panning out. I got a call two months after signing day uh, from the coach at Vandy where I had done like a summer camp and he said that he had a scholarship spot opened up and I was like, how did this happen? The, all the spots have been filled. Like there's no more scholarships left. And he said that there was like this, it was actually a super tragic incident where one of Vandy's best ever recruits, uh, out of Atlanta, his name was Rajon Bennett. Someone broke into his house and, uh, with a gun and started just shooting around and he jumped in front of his special needs, little brother and like took a bullet for him died. And so because this thing happened, it opened up a spot for, for, for me to like come on in the team. And so there was like so many mixed emotions going through that where I I came in with baggage for lack of a better term, where I didn't feel worthy of being there. I felt like it was kind of uh, a fluke. I felt like I had too big a shoes to fill because this dude's spot I took was like just an absolute, like top notch character, top notch, top notch football player. But I was fortunate enough to have someone kind of take me under their wing. And so every year that went by, like I got a little more comfortable, a little more confident. And, uh, by the time I left college, I, I was like two time captain was, you know, the, we had this little, uh, scoring system in the weight room where you track all your metrics. And I, I was like the number one on the leaderboard for that. And I think I ended up if you can consider starting at long snapper truly starting, then I, I technically started m- the most games of any Vanderbilt player, um, which is like crazy to think about. So f- I started all four years. We went to three bowl games. And so come, I was like the number one rated long snapper going into the pros. I was freaking feeling good, pumped, and was supposed to get drafted by the Patriots. That didn't happen. Um, uh, and so it began this whole free agency journey where – uh, I got signed by the chiefs initially and dude, I was a wreck, man. I had never been in a position where football was the only thing going on in my life. And so it just like, I was so anxious about it. I, w- I would like show up to practice just having thought about my performance the whole day. And I was so just micro focused on this, like how I was going to do that day that it ultimately undermined my performance and was a reason I got cut because I was like so anxious. So anyway, um, I would say high school to college was better than college to pros for sure. That's crazy. Well, during that, like during that interim time span there between like, you know, draft day versus, you know, when you, when, when you ended up signing, if at that point in your life, if that hadn't have worked out, what do you think that you would have wanted to go on and do? Cause were you, were you and Sean were together then, were you? Uh, Entering the pros, yeah, Sean and I had been together since my junior year of college. Um, I had no other plans, man. I, I was not thinking that far down the line, so I'm not sure. Probably Uber drived. Probably what I would have done. Because Uber, yeah, Uber, 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 Uber would have been a thing then. So that's <laughs> that's hilarious to think yeah. about. But um, you know, even from like, you know. Like you said, it, 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 it seemed like it was a fluke thing that, that you ended up playing there, but I think that it's definitely, you know, the Lord's plan because if you look at where your life's now, from that opportunity, it's, 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 it's really crazy that the platform that, you know, that that gave you. And then, um, 
everything you're doing now, you know, I really think that it, you can look back at it and that incident was a pivotal, a pivotal time in your life. And, you know, I really think that the Lord used that. And I think that, that that's a huge reason that you have the platform that you have now. Yeah, dude, I feel so grateful that all of my plans didn't pan out how I thought they would or when they thought they would. I feel like I would be so arrogant and like um, just overly confident in myself had that been the plan. Like had I had an offer on the table come signing day or like it it worked out with my first pro team. But it's kind of cool to think about how just like it's a it's a shaping process. Like you're you're just getting formed through all that. Uh, and granted, it's a lot easier to think think that having been on the other side now, but, um, I'm, I'm thankful for how it turned out. Yeah. Well, what kind of, what kind of workout regimen does a long snapper go to go through? (laughs) Do you have like your own special, like your own special, like workout routine, man? I'm sure they probably do now. I was never, part of my problem was I was never like fully bought into like being a long snapper because I I was just in denial. I was like, I'm better than (laughs) just being a long snapper. Like I don't want to be classified as that. So I would, I'm like a a meathead at heart, dude. I love just showing up to the weight room and hitting the squats. I love just, uh, you know, doing the, the grunt work, if you will. So I did, I did nothing specific for long snapping actually now thinking about it. Really? Yeah. You could have done like a, like a, like a straight arm, like lat pull down. (laughs) (laughs) You would, if if you had huge lats, that would really, I think I really, I mean, I feel like that's that's that and maybe triceps. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That, I should have had you that, as my trainer. I for guess for that motion. Yeah. See, we we would have just done heavy squats, <laughs> heavy triceps, and, and maybe some like lat pull downs. I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm trying to think about the appearance of how that would look. Just like nothing other than lats, triceps, and just quads. That'd be great. Sign me up. No chest. No, <laughs> it would be. You, I think you'd almost look like Popeye, just huge forearms and just arms. That'd be great, man. But, you know, Popeye's got a pump. Oh, Popeye's Jack. Yeah. Well, before the podcast, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about um, what you're training now, and it, it sounds like you're a super competitive person, even with you know always being a denial of uh, of being a long snapper. And um, you know, you talked you talked about doing some CrossFit stuff, and now you're training for some other things. What do you? What do you love to do now, and where does that competitiveness come from? You think? Oh, geez, where does it come from? I, I don't know. I'm in the middle of five kids, and there's four boys in that, so I'm sure it's just like what I was used to. Like we were competing at everything. Yeah. Um, my dad, like just the, naturally, the activities that we got enga- uh, involved with were always competitive base. Uh, so baseball, rugby we did all this like swimming, anything and everything we did. And it took me a while to like understand how much I loved competition, but I read this book. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called the ruthless elimination of hurry. Phenomenal would recommend it. So good. Um, but in it, he's talking about the Sabbath and he's like, what if you just did all the things that, uh, that brought you the most joy out of life? And so I was like, that's a interesting question. Like, if you did all those in one day, what would that day look like? And so I wrote down a list of the things that I love doing. And it was like, you know, I love being outside. I love like starting fires. I love, um, one of the things was competing. So like now, anytime I have a time with nothing scheduled, it's like I'm playing ping pong. I'm doing a workout. I'm like 
challenging my fr- this morning we, I, I'm part of a men's group and we, we did a mile run this morning just to see how we did. And, um, so I, I, I just love the idea of always pushing yourself. And that's, that's why I think I'm drawn to competition because that's the yeah. effect, you know? Yeah. If you were going to compete for one thing, like, what do you think it would be? Something like CrossFit or like, or like a weightlifting or like a Spartan game kind of thing or oh. a mile run. I think the thing I'm best at is is cycling actually. I think yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like short distance cycling I think I would do pretty yeah. well at. And you're a big guy too. Uh, yeah, you should check it's mostly in the thighs, so that's to my advantage. <laughs> well cuz you said you didn't you said that you did a half Ironman? Oh no, I'm get, I got challenged too. So I might do it you in June. You got challenged too. Yeah. See that I think I think that's the one thing that that I would really, cause for me, it'd be the swim part. I can't, I mean, I, I'm decent in a pool, like, yeah, you know, 30 yards, but swimming a mile, I, I, I really, I really think I would cramp out in my, in my hamstring and drown. No, and dude, just, it's the wrong mindset, Christian. Come but, on, bro. But, you no, wouldn't I'm just show you. up and swim a mile for the first time ever. You'd probably no, do. I, know I wouldn't, I would train, but I'm just saying that to me just sounds so daunting. Freaking Are you a good swimmer? Everything you've ever done in your life sounds daunting before you started doing it, Christian. I'm that just is true. I'm about, to, swimmer, bro, I'm about to jump through the screen and get you right, man. Are you? Who? Are you? Are you? Are you a good swimmer? No, I'm terrible at it, but I'll do it. <laughs> Dude, just, I just feel like I, I don't know. I just feel like I just feel like that that and then like training for like. Like Nick Bear's a friend. Like they do like those like hundred mile ultra marathon things. Like that to me would be I would never have any interest in doing that. That would just destroy the body, you know. And yeah, how much do you weigh? Two ten. That's so heavy for endurance. Anything <laughs> really? How you much do you weigh? Sorry, are you? Are you? I meant to say my weight before I said that. I'm two twenty five. So I'm. I'm <laughs> I was gonna guess two ten is a great weight, Christian. You wear it well. You're crushing it. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. I'm trying to get to about two fifteen, um, but I got I got food poisoning like a month ago. I was like two twelve, literally lost like ten pounds in like the span of four hours, mm. and then I've slowly, incrementally tried to gain it back. But like last night, I had. Uh, what I have was well, so for yesterday for lunch I had two spicy chicken sandwiches, two twelve count mm. grilled nuggets. Mm. For dinner, I had a hamburger, five chicken strips, like five wings, and then a medium milkshake from Baskin Robbins. Yo, see, so I'm not. <laughs> that that was a bad day for me yesterday. I really had not like, twice. No, 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 no. The other place was like a local, like. Like a local place. Jeez, I was just dude. trying to get a bunch of protein in that day. You're living it up, man. I'm jealous. I'm. Tr- well, see, I'm like, if I if I train that hard, and then last night we had a basketball game, so I, I needed something to replenish. Um. So. So milkshake. Going, Here we come. We. I see milkshakes are like my weaknesses. Mm. Do you do you, do you like Baskin Robbins? I haven't had Baskin Robbins in a long time, but I do love me a milkshake. Dude, Baskin Robbins is the best. I'm telling you. <laughs> okay. I'm telling you. I'll take it from the I'm vet. Well, okay. I'm really gonna take that advice to heart because swimming for me, it really is that one thing that just seems so daunting. But I'm gonna maybe try to get. I'm maybe gonna try to get into it. Well, what's the thing? You said two things that you don't think you'd be good at. What's the thing you think you would be best at? Like I think like a like an 
Honestly, I think I would be pretty decent at something like the Spartan Games kind of thing. Or Spartan. something like like the Tough Mudder or something like that. Like an obstacle course kind of thing. All right. You and Sadie are coming back to Nashville. I think the one in Nashville is in October. I did it last year, bro. It was a fun time. I didn't know what I was see, getting into, but it was see, a good time. I, see, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying I'd be really good at it, but it would be like that would be something that I would enjoy training towards, something like that. You skipped over my invitation. Are we doing this or not? Yeah, we, yeah let's do it. October. Okay. October. It let's go. When is your Ironman? Uh, it's supposed to be in June, so it's coming up quick. I have not committed like, to it yet. <laughs> that's like too much away. <laughs> Where's it at? Uh, this one's in Puerto Rico. Wow. See, yeah. see, see you're, you're traveling for this. Uh, that's the plan, yeah. I haven't committed, Christian, but I'm see, interested. Here's the, th- here's the thing. You just need to do it and then make a vacation out of it. Yeah, that sounds ideal. That sounds ideal. I will, before, before I ask you a spiritual question, I, I want to ask one more fitness thing. Um, what, what's your best piece of fitness advice besides doing the thing that seems daunting to you? <clears throat> uh, there's a, a poster that hangs above my squat rack. Make yourself comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's like my life motto. That's how I walk into the gym every day. It's like, all right, I got to do something today, whether it's in a 15-minute time period or a two-hour time period, where I'm going to push myself outside my comfort zone. And so I feel like if you do that every day, you're going to get a little better, and you'll look back as the days accumulate, and like you'll see the progress. So that would be it. Well, there you go. Be comfortable with wait, Be comfortable with being uncomfortable? Yes. There you go. Right, I'm going to get that tattooed on my bicep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just, just huge. Just be comfortable. Every time I'm doing curls, I hate doing this, but I'm just going to keep doing it. What's huge, your bicep or the tattoo? Uh, Both. Both. <laughs> <laughs> I would, what, do, you, do you know the thing from SpongeBob when the guy has like the tattoo and he moves, the, the tattoo moves? You might not know what I'm talking about. No, I don't actually. Okay, well, I, well, never mind. I'll I'll just stop. I was okay. gonna go on a tangent. Um, yeah, there was like this tattoo, and it was like I can't remember. It was like a seahorse maybe or something. And like every time that the person like flexed their bicep, the seahorse would like move. It, it was whatever. Is this your uh, your motivation as you're working out every time, dude? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah I try to is. put on Arnold's Pumping Iron documentary when I'm in the gym, and I just look at, I what an inspiration that guy is. You know. <laughs> That's my. You, you just you know that you're going to get there one day. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I want to. Um, you know, as as much as I love talking about you know long snapping and football and and even just all the lighthearted stuff. Um, you know, I really want to know your spiritual journey because even you know you kind of hinted at had added a little bit. You know, when when the Chiefs picked you up and then you know going through that period of 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 um, anxiety. Where does where does faith begin for you, and, and what's what's your story with 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 that relationship? Yeah, I'm I'm actually excited to answer this question because it's been a while since I've recounted my journey. Um, so I was fortunate. I, my parents are amazing, dude, and my dad is an absolute psychopath, but he's a Christian. My mom was always like the super uh, like gentle one, and she would always be telling us to pray about things and uh, just super supportive. And so we had a, a really nice foundation in that sense and did the Young Life camps, did FCA in college. Um, and, <clears throat> dude, it's like cliche to say, but it didn't really it didn't really click for me in the sense that I wasn't super excited about my faith until probably like 
probably like two years into marriage. So yeah, like four years ago. And again, it was a mentor who was just like, uh, I would just watch how he lived on a day-to-day basis. Josh Axe, I don't know if you know him. Um, but he would like kind of be in this constant state of prayer and thanksgiving and like awe, whether we were at the beach watching the sunrise or sunset or whether we were like eating a meal. It was always like he was pumped about everything. And it, it was because he like understood that uh, it all comes from God and like God, this is God's creation and it didn't have to be this beautiful, but it is. And so it was like just watching this process uh, of him living life and how he interacted with people and was so intentional and, and like really just challenged me, which, you know, I love a good challenge, but he would be like, uh, he'd be like, yo, I want you to pray with Sean tonight and make it uh, longer than 10 minutes. And I'd be like, oh, I don't think I've ever done that in our relationship. But challenge accepted. Like what, um, you know, we have our routine that we've been doing and it does not include this. So let me make myself comfortable with doing like this uncomfortable thing and try this out. And so it was like, I started doing all these practices and challenges, which you share so many good ones here on this show. Uh, And then like it really caught for me and I was like, dude, wait, this is amazing. Like there's so much benefit that comes from um, even like the identity that you have from knowing uh, who you are, as the Bible says. So like the Bible says, I actually was just, was just writing this down. Cause my, my buddy's going through a hard time and like has zero self-confidence. So I was like, bro, write down an identity statement based off what the Bible says. And so it includes things like I'm a child of the King of the universe. I'm a citizen of heaven. I am not my past. I'm not my failure failures. I'm not my feelings. I've been fearfully and wonderfully made because I've been made in the image of God. Uh, I'm grateful and I carry love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Dude, I'm like, this is, if you actually stop and think about it, dude, that is such a different way to think about life and to live life. And as I get older, I know I'm older, I'm 30 now, but the further along I get in this and I, I see my friends going on different paths and trajectories it's like bro this is it this is the best way to live life man like it 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 is the catalyst like wake up thankful every day you have something to live for you have a daily challenge you have wisdom like dude if you look all these uh gurus these days like jordan peterson or whoever the name your dude it's all biblical based like there's eternal truth it just keeps resurfacing and people are like oh i really like how this guy speaks it's like well yeah because he's essentially saying he's talking about the Bible. That's it. So I don't know, man, it just gets me pumped up. So that, I don't know if that answered your question, but yeah, there you go. No, that, no, no, that, no, 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 that definitely does answer my question. And I love that, you know, your mentor challenged you with that. Cause I think that's something that me and Sadie try to try to do every day. We don't necessarily do it every day, so to speak. Um, but I just know even for our, our marriage and just ourselves spiritually healthy, you know, the more that we, pray together and communicate with the Lord together. It just, it really does just make your relationship so much stronger that, that we've come to see. Um, so you've, you've kind of, you kind of just hinted at routines a little bit. What a, do you have like a day to day, um, you know, spiritual, like a spiritual routine that you try to, you know, kind of keep, keep up with day to day? Uh, yeah. So my mornings, uh, when the babies sleep well (laughs) are no, actually, I mean, you know, we just had our sec, <laughs> but wake up, uh, at five thirty, and then I'll listen to a sermon, which is usually like a half hour. 
and then I'll do an hour workout and then I'll, uh, I'm a part of like a men's group. So there's always a book assignment for that. So then I'll read for a half hour and that gets me to seven thirty, and then I'm ready to, to pounce, dude. I'm just pumped up, ready for life. We'll see. You, you do all that before I wake up. What? Um, do you sleep in? See that? 7.30 is not sleeping in. Dude, honey honey lets you sleep till 7.30? Here, here, here's your thing. Here's your thing. Here's your thing. Honey, honey doesn't sleep during the night, so she makes up for it. Like, for instance, like last night, she, she, had, she, she slept through the night good for like a little bit, and then about two months ago, she got an ear infection, and it was, she never would sleep, and then she mm. got tubes. Like three weeks ago, she still is not really sleeping. It's it, it's it's like the weirdest thing. She doesn't finish bottles during the day, but then between like two a.m. and four a.m., she like downs a bottle. <laughs> so she she she'll wake up at like midnight, and then she'll wake up again at like three, and then she'll get in the bed with us, and then she'll sleep till like eight or nine, and then at that point we're just dead. And then obviously we'll have things that we got to go do. So typically our mornings start a little later. Um, wow. But I wish I could be on that 5.30 grind because that does um, – <laughs> something about getting up before the sun rises and, you know, getting all my things done just really does sound meaningful. But um, – Hey, Christian. Yes, we have, hey, Christian. We have had lack of sleep. Uh, you, you just – you have an alarm clock. It's not without – it's not like, uh, you know, out of your reach to wake up at 5.30, bro. You hear me? Here's you, the thing. Here's the you thing. Can do it. Would you want to wake up at five thirty <laughs> if you got woken up at midnight with, from a screeching baby? No, I'm had with to you. feed her. I'm with you. Thank bro. you. No. <laughs> See, because then I wouldn't perform well in the gym. Then I would be cranky. Then I would be easily tempered. Then Sadie would get mad at me because my tone's bad. And then it's just all the things that are like. That's It's just real. a cycle. That's real. Oh no! Trust me. If I don't get sleep, I'm like Sadie's. Like your tone is not nice. <laughs> It's just like this perpetual, like, I need sleep. Honey's constantly, like, at nighttime, not sleeping. So so with all that to say, no, I don't wake up at 5.30, and I don't wake up at 7.30 either. Uh, I sleep in a a little bit later than I would like to. I get it. But that's good. Well, I love love that you're in a men's group. Is that like, because you you said this morning that y'all ran a mile. Is that like like physically challenging and spiritually spiritually challenging or is that like kind of is that an all-encompassing group or, or really what's that like all right so it's funny i i joined one josh josh axe like uh invited me into his men's group and the first thing he did was was give us a contract that we had to sign i was like what is this is intense dude i thought we were just like you know a bunch of friends hanging out but he was like no this is a commitment and you're gonna review this contract which says that you're gonna show up to the meetings you're gonna have uh prepared for the meeting which is like you know you go through some bible verses you read a book uh and then you're also gonna review the contract with your wife because she's a huge part of of uh helping you like follow through with this commitment and i was like dang this is intense what happens if i don't if I don't like meet the criteria or like I, I miss a meeting, he's like, wait, you, you get kicked out. And I was like, dude, that's, that feels so aggressive. Why would we do that? But then you think about it. It's like, all right, if our goal is actually to, to, um, to hone each other in as men and to like, and to learn and to connect, then actually like having a contract is pretty hel- uh, helpful in that sense where it's everyone saying I will be there and I will be prepared and I'm going to put my best foot forward here. 
Uh, so I took that concept and we started this men's group uh, with some of my old teammates from different phases of my life and uh, just really close friends that uh, I feel like we are just, you know, kind of peers. And the contract is not, uh, we, I had them sign a contract as well. And it's not that you get kicked out if you miss a meeting, but there's a penalty, which is, uh, which is you have to run a mile, a sub seven minute mile. So it's like wow. game on. And that's what we had to do. A couple guys had penalties. So we were out uh, there. 225, you're booking it. You're booking it again under seven minutes. Yeah. No, no it's easy. It's easy. You could do it. Under seven minutes is easy? Yeah. You just got to practice and then it is. So you're missing a lot of meetings then. <laughs> uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> i'm just joking well i really i mean because even even the idea of you know signing a contract i really think like even just that idea of being committed like if you look at the bible like when jesus and his disciples when it's like you know drop every, like you know come follow me you know uh you know when he says leave father mother you know i feel mm-hmm. like at our like even just our culture you know we're very like non-committal and something that Jesus was super adamant about was being very all in. You know, if you look at the cost of discipleship, it's super like, you know, there is a buy-in, you know. And I think that's even super cool with what you're doing, what you're doing with those contracts. And even just through the, through the lens of like, it's just about being committed because, you know, you don't want people that are non-committal or that are, you know, flaky in, in that sense of like, you know, you're not going to show up and do the things because that's what's so cool about the disciples. Like they got to see everything that Jesus did because they, because they fully committed because mm-hmm. they left everything they had and they followed him. Bro. Yeah. They were walking around town with that dude. Like they were all, they were always a squad. It's not like Peter said, yo, I got to go, uh, freaking go fishing. Sorry. I got a ditch. You know, they were always yeah. rolling. It's yeah. crazy to think about, but oh, they were always rolling. They were, <laughs> they were 12 deep. It, the, the, the idea of commitment uh, has fundamentally actually changed like how I view and approach life. Like, and that sounds dramatic, but like there is, I think we naturally understand that uh, repetitions help with progress, but we don't understand how, how, like really how to get the repetitions in. But it's like, bro, if you're talking about fitness or if you're talking about, uh, wealth, or if you're talking about marriage, it's like those all require a certain commitment in order to get you like building good habits. And so like, you have to commit to that. There's something about showing up and with the men's group, it's, it's like, if we, if we aren't truly committed, if you're like hesitant to sign this contract, then we're just a bunch of chooches, like hoping, hoping that we like show up and hoping that we're prepared and it's just not the same. So it's like way more fulfilling in my mind to, to actually jump in full go, you know? Sure. Well, um, you know, I want to I ask you a quick question about Sean, because y'all are both super, um, you know, super well-known, such bright lights. At what point, um, you know, it can either be in your individual life or, you know, collectively in marriage. At what point did y'all realize that y'all were doing something bigger than yourself? Because y'all have obviously a big platform and y'all do so many good things through it. Um, you know, like you said, y'all have a podcast, y'all do so many awesome things. At what point did you you know, want to use that to give back to, to, to people? Um, it took me probably too long to realize that, that we were doing something for, for bigger than ourselves. Uh, you know, we would, we would like show up and be in a room and someone would see Sean and they would break out in 
tears because like Sean just has that she's what she accomplished in the Olympics, winning the gold medal and her story like is inspirational to people to the, to the extent that <laughs> they're brought to tears. I do not have that effect Christian on any, nobody cried out of happiness for seeing me yet. Yeah. Uh, that hasn't happened to me yet either. It <laughs> happens to say it a good bit, but never me. Yeah. But, um, but so like it took me way too long to understand like there's almost an obligation for us to to like, like tap into that and to to like reciprocate that to whatever extent we can uh but i would say i would say it was really we we went through a miscarriage our first pregnancy was like a miscarriage and it was like the first video uh or thing that we had shared where we were fully in tune with how how people like responded to it and in such a vulnerable way. And I was like, man, this is actually pretty powerful that it's, it kind of feels uh, weird. I don't know if you've hit this point with like social media or putting stuff out there, but it's like, this is, I feel weird just putting my life out there. Like it feels uh vain, right? Where, yeah. Hey, look at this video of me and my wife. Like it, yeah. there's something strange about that, but I've shifted my mindset to be like, we have the ability to share our story in a way that people can connect with and then turn around and like share their stories or, or like, uh, improve their stories in whatever way. But it's like, if we can have that effect where it's like a conversation starter, then uh, mission accomplished, you know? Yeah. How did, how did you and Sean meet? So my oldest brother's an Olympic cyclist, a uh, track cyclist. And, they met at the 2012 London Olympics. She was looking to go into school um, at Vandy or Stanford. And so I shot her a DM and said, yo, if you need a tour, I'm your boy. And you better believe that was the best tour that's ever been given of the Vanderbilt campus, Christian. You know? So you did give her a tour. I did give her a tour. Took her to the CMA Fest and locked it down, dude. That was it. Nice. So y'all started dating after that? Yeah. Well, okay. All right. Dude, that's, that's awesome. We well, went on a first date, which was not the tour. Uh, she was like on Dancing with the Stars, which Sadie did too, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sadie did that too. Based off what I'm seeing in your Instagram videos, Christian, I, I don't see a bright future for you on that show or no, me. There's no hope. But <laughs> no, there's no, there's no, no, there's no. Well, because even like, I don't even have the desire to like be good at that. Dancing? You know, because I feel like no, because everyone's like, you know. Christian's so bad, but I'm like, the reason that people enjoy watching these videos yeah. is because Sadie's good and I'm bad. If yeah. we were just another good couple that just could dance well together, like nobody wants that. Then we're just like we're just like the rest. You know who wants that? Yeah. But if you have like the picture of like what this dance is supposed to look like, and then what <laughs> it looks like for the normal person, I feel like that's super relatable. We always say. This, it's kind of funny speaking of the Olympics. Like we always say for these sports, like if you look at uh, like swimming or like running, like you should have one normal person in all these events just so you can see how actually good these people are. I agree. Like like think about like your average like swimmer swimming in a pool, racing against you know like the two hundred meter whatever whatever the, the the length is, or somebody doing like the four hundred meter run. For like track, yeah, and just see how much better the, the the everyone is versus like the average, just the average person. Could you imagine the poor dude that goes out and uh, is that person for like a hockey match in the NHL and just gets annihilated? Like, 
see that's what i'm saying like <laughs> we need this or like or like like for sean like the gymnast like the average gymnast at, at, at you know just by and large at like a local place and then just to see how good these people are because i feel like you know you like sometimes you can watch the olympics and like even like swimming it's like you just get caught up in like just watching it but you don't realize like how freakishly good these people are mm -hmm. so i think if you had a reminder of like oh here's where like i would be and then that's where they are see i think i think i, I think i have an opportunity here to pitch that to the olympics if you can set me up with that i think you should do a youtube series on it dude i'm behind it let's I go think I should. let's do it yeah we'll get we'll, we'll get we'll get sean on board with it <laughs> See, you could, you you could be the cycler, and then you could see how good the actual the cyclists are. Not that not that you're the average cycler, but <laughs> you could you could be you you could be the guinea pig for that. That'd be so embarrassing, but I would gladly step up to the plate and be embarrassed. Well, man, I really I really enjoyed having you on. And before I want to wrap it up, before I wrap it up, I want to ask you um, for your physical and your spiritual challenge. The physical challenge, I alluded to it earlier. It's run one mile. That's it. Okay. Dude, my buddies out there this morning were like, they're like, I can't run a sub seven minute mile. Just like you did. And then you go out there and it's like, uh, you got to just believe in yourself a little bit more. All right. And that's what no, the mile is going to do. I definitely run a sub seven minute mile. I just was like, like thinking back to like sports when I, like when I was playing baseball in high school, like. That was a very tough thing for a lot of people to get sub seven minutes, especially I think, when you get older. Like, I mean, no, no, no. I think the peak endurance age for a male is like what, like thirty something? Maybe it's like right at thirty. So actually, it was way easier for me now than it was in high school. I ran a six oh four this morning, and my best ever, and that was like not even really pushing the the throttle. And my best yeah. ever is with five forty five that I did in high school. But I think I could probably beat five thirty now, which I'm gonna do next week. Wow. I'll follow wow. up with that. Yeah, one of my one of one of my friends did the um like the sub five minute mile, five hundred pound back squat. And I was mm -hmm. like, see, something like that would be something that I I would I would I, I think that would be something fun to train for. Yeah, that'd be brutal. Don't know if I would ever do it. Um, but I think that'd be something sub five minute fun. mile and over five hundred pound squat? In the same day. So it's a 500-pound back squat. It was, it was like the, one of the CrossFit games. It was never a competition, but Dave Castro did this thing of like – Wow. He thought nobody – it's like the peak like – because really it was like bodybuilding. You have the 1,000-pound squat or whatever, but then you mix it with like a runner being super you know, athletic. So it's like if you mix the two together. Bro, a boy Nick Bear would dominate that, right? That guy's an Who? animal. Nick. I don't think I don't think, I don't think he can back squat. Dude, five hundred pounds is a lot. I saw you I don't think, working the four hundred five the other day. That was easy. Let's go, dude. I'm work I'm working to the five. I don't I don't know if I'll ever get there. Five I, is I a did four fifty five after that four hundred five. I just didn't post the four fifty five because it did, it didn't look as easy. <laughs> <laughs> the four hundred five looked that. a lot easier, which is why which is why I posted that I one up. That. I got a spiritual challenge though. Let me hear it. Which is. And this is a challenge for me, man, because this makes me uncomfortable, all right? Yeah. But go to church this week, and during worship, you got to put the hands up, man. Just for Ooh. just for one song, just put the hands up. I like it. At, that, that to me is like such an uncomfortable situation. I don't know why, but I do think there's something to practicing like that posture of worship. So 
I don't know how you guys roll, but Sean and I usually, you know, hands behind the back, rocking back and forth. You know, it's like yeah. let's let's put the hands up this week. Yeah, we can be we can be uh, we can be pretty charismatic. Um, Love that, but I like that challenge. I like that challenge. Well, I want to end it, um, and this is just kind of funny. And it, I just had this thought because you said that the peak male performance is like thirty. So if you ever want to go back to long snapping, we can get you. We can get you on a program where you Monday, Monday can be back squats. Wednesday can be um, kind of some tricep lats, and then Friday can be some kind of like some cardio endurance, some med ball throws, some sled pushes, and maybe uh, maybe some maybe something like that. Love it, dude. That'd be great. Hey, you heard it. You heard it here first. Were you going to say something? I was going to say. Uh, I think no. The peak strength age for a male is like younger but for endurance it's older so just keep that in the back of your mind we'll be doing iron mans before you know it there we go we'll be doing iron man soon i'm gonna hit you up about the uh those games in october perfect